three, two, one. Welcome to the Center Bench Sports Podcast, where four washed-up athletes now sit around and scrutinize sports. Starting at Center Bench, you have Mikey, Peo, Luke, and myself, Luco. An update for the the Jersey Contest giveaway. Rob Dawson won, as you guys all know. Uh, we did the draw last week, so he selected a Cal Lowry jersey. Uh, future Hall of Famer Mikey, as you know, so very smart, <laughs> very smart choice by him. Uh, but the jersey should be arriving sometime mid February. It's on back order right now. He he chose the new Jordan Jumpman jersey. Decided to pay a little extra for it. So well deserved, Dawson. Well deserved. Yeah. And exciting news, I guess we won't we won't reveal the guest name. Um, but next on next week's episode, we will have a guest. Uh, oh, just yes. to give you guys a clue, it's it's someone major in the the sports journalism world, but he's been going on some podcasts, and we shot her shot, slid into his DMs, and he'll be joining us on the show. So exciting next episode. We're undefeated, a hundred percent in our DMs. <laughs> yeah. I would I wouldn't say we're a hundred percent. We're we're a hundred hundred percent in our Twitter. Twitter, yeah, because yeah. we've been doing right. Insta. This was like the first yeah. Twitter. That's yeah. true. First tweet. Yeah, there you go. I think so. I think that's a learning that I'm going to take to the real world. Like I think I'm, I might start tweeting girls now. The dating, the dating world. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't yeah. take, as Wayne Gretzky said. <laughs> Twitter is the new Instagram DMs. All right, should we get into it? All right, so to get us started, we're going to be doing our favorite segment named "Guess That Player," where we'll all give out cryptic clues slowly and then the first person to guess the player based on the clues given gets the points we have a running total going over the last couple of weeks so after two weeks Peo and Mikey are in the lead with three points and then Luca and myself Luke are the bottom feeders with one point uh, but something tells me team up <laughs> something 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 tells me the tide might be turning today we can there's a little bit of gamesmanship that goes on in, in selecting the players now so if you name the person you don't get minus a point but you're no longer qualified to to give an answer anymore so it's one and done all right let's get started mikey why don't we start with you clue number one former nba player clue number two was drafted directly from high school clue number three in 1997, he signed a contract extension. At the time, it was the highest-paying long-term. Incorrect. It was the highest-paying long-term contract in the NBA. So I'm just gonna uh, wait until you say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Clue number four. He won MVP in 2003-2004 season. Clue number five was traded after the 2006-2007 season and went on to win Defensive Player of the Year in his first year with his new team. He won an NBA championship in 2008 with Boston. One of his... Can I I say it? No, keep going. I know. If I get to the end of my clues, like this, I have two more clues left. One more and then we're back at it. (laughs) Wait, so you said 2003 MVP and 2008 title with Boston? Yes. If you don't get it now, I don't know what clue I'm on. I just started reading, but okay, do you clue want number I'll guess. clue number seven or eight. One of his nicknames is Big Ticket. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as I didn't get the high school one, I, I knew it was Kevin Garnett. As soon as you said Celtics, I was like, okay, Kevin Garnett. But I want to hear one more just to be safe. <laughs> well done, Mikey. That's a good. That was a good one. 
All right, so clue number one, former NBA player as well. Clue number two, played 19 seasons in the league. Clue number three, he played for six different teams. Clue number four, in his career, he averaged 23.7 points per game and 10.9 rebounds. Clue number six, he is already inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Clue number seven, uh, in no particular order, the teams he played for, Cleveland Cavaliers, Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Big I was Daddy Shaq. It was, it was literally just about to say that. Big Daddy Shaq. I'm locked That was in. my last clue. Thank God. I was yeah. going to say he's a TNT panelist then. All your other clues, all your your other other clues, clues were, were tough. Because it was yeah, like, they were tough, yeah. like, like 19 points and 10 rebounds. Yeah. That could be anyone. <laughs> Play for six teams. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. why I waited for that one till the end, the teams one. <laughs> Okay, go ahead, Luke. Is it an NBA player? I can't say. You'll find out. Okay. They're born in London, Ontario. Clue number two. They have three Olympic gold medals and two silver medals. Clue number three. They're known for being the most decorated Olympian in their sport. Clue number four. Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue? Yeah, it's Tessa Virtue, yeah. Because wow, you said they, God. that's why. They. Yeah. That's why I guess two. No, I, I I didn't want to say she. I was saying they, so it didn't give uh, away yet. Okay. He or yeah. she. Nice, Mike. That was a good nice. one. That's a snipe. Yeah. Okay. The, the best. I, got, I wasn't thinking. Of I know. I had like no that. idea. I had no <laughs> idea. Uh, I guess the best for last, right? Yeah, I got to get on the board here. Okay. <laughs> he played 16 NHL seasons with six different teams. All right, I'm, I'm scared. Clue number two. <laughs> He finished his career with 962 penalty minutes and 36 goals. Ty Domi. No. Former manager of player development for Florida Panthers. The teams he has played for, in no particular order, the Predators, the Leafs, the Flyers, the Canadians, and the Bruins. I have no other clues. You okay, can you read the games and the goals again? It was like 900 games and how many goals? Bale's no, Googling right he, now. He finishes, yeah. <laughs> he finished his career with 962 penalty minutes and 36 oh, okay. goals. Can you ne- name his teams in order? Or yeah, no? I can do that. Okay, his goal. position he plays? Uh, I'll, I'll, name, I'll name the teams in order first. The teams he played for in order are Bruins, Leafs, Canadians, Predators, and Flyers. He's a defenseman. Or he's a former defenseman. He's Hal a, Gill? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Hal Gill, yeah. Damn. Hal, Hal Gill also played for Pittsburgh. Uh, not according to Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 uh, Wikipedia right. is wrong. I didn't know he played for Florida. Yeah. Yo, he was, a f- he was a former manager of player development. Why is that grocery stick? I don't know. All right. So to recap this round, Peo had one point, Mikey had two point, Luca had one point, and I got skunked again. So in total, Mikey's in the lead with five points, Peo's with four, Luca's with two, and I myself am with one point. We'll be back next week with Guess That Player. All right, boys, let's uh, let's flip it over to some uh, puck talk. What do you guys think about the uh, the big trade th- that happened last week, the Dubois and Lane trade? I love it. I love yeah. seeing good hockey deals like that. It was a big splash, eh? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, I think once Dubois got benched and he didn't play like an entire period, you knew like something was coming up and then he was a healthy scratch. So it's good on them to finally move on the, from the situation. But um, like Mikey said, it was a good hockey trade. You don't see a lot of those in the league anymore. They're usually for like draft picks, futures and whatnot. So it was nice to see like two guys entering the primes of their career getting traded for each other. I think the last time it was with Columbus too, was it Seth Jones and Brian Johansson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always fun to see. That's true. I guess posing the same question as you did with the Harden trade last week, who, who won the trade? Um, I think when it originally came out, I was dead set that Columbus won it. Um, just because between Patrick Laine and Pierre-Luc Dubois, they're pretty evenly matching the jury still out on both of them. I also like Jack Roslovich that Columbus got in the deal as well. Um, but the more kind of, I think, Mikey, you said it too, like seeing down the middle, having Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois, like in the Canadian division, really across the league, there's not many teams better than that. Maybe Edmonton and Toronto in the North division. But other than that, I think Winnipeg got a lot deeper uh, down the middle. Um, the one thing with Columbus, although I think they got the best player in Liney, because I do think maybe Liney does have a slight edge over Dubois. Um, I would have liked to seen Columbus maybe do a different type of deal where it was more they went younger talent in futures, just because I don't think a guy like Patrick Liney is going to sign there long term. They've had a hard time keeping some of their top players. Um, and Timmy um, Panarin wasn't the most recent who wanted to leave. Bobrovsky, they wanted to leave. So it's not like they can really... Uh, keep high-end talent um, so that's why I think maybe they could have maybe gone a different deal elsewhere but I guess in terms of like the better players I, I think they both won they, they both won each trade pretty evenly I guess do they do yeah. they have the talent like- to to do something similar to what St. Louis did a couple of years ago and and make a run somehow no I don't think so no I don't think they have the team they don't have the defense the goalies they're missing a lot of pieces from what like St. Louis did I don't know. St. Louis had like complete 180. I don't know if we'll ever. See, well, we probably will, but it'll be a while till we see something like that again. Yeah. So in that but sense, getting, it, it doesn't really make sense that liney trade. Like it's not like the Kawhi scenario where they're they're doing it for a small window and like then best case they hope they they sign him long term. It, it's like it doesn't make sense if he doesn't really stay. I I like the deal more for the Jets though. I, I don't love Liney. I know he can score 40 goals, and that's that's impressive, but I don't like his play like away from the puck on the defensive side. I don't think he, he makes others around him that much better. Um, he's a good goal-scoring talent, but I would rather have Dubois. I don't know. I've said it before. I was impressed with him last year in the playoffs against Toronto. Um, even, even if you look like Dubois outscore, has outscored Liney by 10, um, even strength over the past two years which I was surprised by that stat. Like, Line is a true sniper, so most of the gap, he racks up his points on the power play. Um, and like Peo said, like, I think Winnipeg, they have one of the best one-two punch with Shifley and Dubois, and they're young as well. Uh, they're probably the youngest duo, I would say, for sure, in terms of one-two punch now in the NHL. I always favor a centerman over a winger, but like I said, I love the deal. It was a good hockey deal, and... Both teams, <laughs> I found it funny because um, Dubois wanted like out of Columbus and out of the small market and like wanted to go somewhere different. <laughs> he literally got traded to like the Columbus of the NA, or of the of Canada. That's so funny. And Lane wanted the same thing, and he got it traded to like the Manitoba or like the Manitoba of the United States. And like he, they uh, both wanted a big big stage, and they both got 
like the exact opposite. He, he and he so definitely forced like the Columbus Blue Jackets hand, right? Like I read, read a report the other day that he was clearly dogging it during practice and games. Like I, I understand that he wanted wanted out, but I don't know. I, I don't agree with that. That's yeah, why Tortorella benched him and stuff. That's a good point, Luca. Like to me, that's kind of raising red flags right there. The type of player that he is. Yeah. And maybe you you start to question his character and work ethic. Um, regardless if you ask for a trade or not, um, you still should should be showing up to work every day, giving it exactly. your all. I mean, Patrick Line. Let's not forget. Like people were comparing him to Alex Ovechkin in terms of being the next big goal scorer. Those are hard to come across, right? Yeah. Um, I I agree with probably Mikey. Like in terms of an overall player. Like 200 feet game, Dubois is probably the better player on both sides of the ice. But let's not kid ourselves. A guy like Patrick Line is hard to come across in today's game that can put up goals at will. So I guess we'll see how it pans out. I think if Columbus is able to keep him long term, I think potentially they might have the edge. But um, I don't see Patrick Line staying there long term. Pale, you you said you mentioned uh, Ovechkin. Did you guys hear about the the protocol? Uh, breaking yeah. and the suspension. Man, let, the, let the boys live. Just, I don't understand. Wanna... I don't understand how you they they probably flew in the same plane together. I got know. to the hotel room, bus yeah. together, changed together, got dressed together, played yeah. together, showered together, went on the bus back, and they can't go to each other's <laughs> hotel rooms for a beer after all that. Yeah. I can see if they're having outsiders and like, oh, they're inviting their buddies yeah. that yeah. are from the city or they're, you know, like the other wise. people and they end up having a party or like, you know, there's 10, 12 people in the hotel room. 100% understand that. But I just, I couldn't, I was mind boggled. I thought they would be 100% allowed to do something like that. And how much did he get fined or each player get fined? What was it, 100K? I think the team got the fined team got, 150K oh. Oh, okay. and then they're but all think, missing out right now. That surprised me as well. Like when you're in a situation like this, I feel like, there needs to be that level of leash allowed in order for it to be a sustainable solution for the players, yeah, right? Yeah. Like they, they must, they must be going crazy though. Like locked up yeah. in their hotel room. It, it's definitely not that fun. Playing devil's advocate. The only reason I can see for it um, is that like, it's, it's tough to police and like, where do you draw the line? Like, Oh, if, if they're letting their own teammates in the room together, then like, it's tough to, to police uh, them letting other people in, etc. Um, but it surprised me that it was known who was in there. They were all on the same team and, and they got that level of punishment. What, one team that I've been pretty disappointed with Vancouver. Um, I don't know about you guys. Like I kind of expected a lot more of them, especially coming off that playoff run. I know they lost quite a few guys, um, but they have a good young core, uh, core players that they have. Right. I, I expect them to get off to a better start. I know they beat Ottawa last night, seven, one in pretty convincingly fashion, but Ottawa's not the biggest test out there. Unless um, you're the what Leafs. Do you guys, <laughs> what do you guys, what do you think of Vancouver? What's the problem in Vancouver? Good question. I think they make, miss Markstrom a lot. I think that's the biggest yeah. issue. Yeah, like I think goaltending for sure, as you said, Mikey. Um, one player that I haven't, I've been pretty disappointed with is Pedersen, though. Um, I yeah. think in the eight games, I think he only has one goal and one assist. I know the goal came... Saturday against Montreal, if I'm not mistaken, when he tipped yep, it in. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he but, got a nice tip. Yeah, like, and I don't know, like, watching him even on the ice and kind of, like, seeing it out there, like, for whatever reason, he just seems, like, weaker on the puck. He's falling on the ice everywhere. He's not creating the plays and getting into open space like he used, like usually did. I think even that game Saturday I was watching, Nick Suzuki just ran right by him, mm-hmm. clobbered him, separated him away from the puck. 
He just doesn't seem like he's been that difference maker that he's been the previous two years. I yeah. don't know if it's because maybe he has the contract coming up. Maybe that's a that's a factor. And I think yesterday he just switched agents. But I think that's the biggest thing wrong with Vancouver right now as well. Yeah, and I think I made the point with the NBA as well. But I, th- I think it, with all of the uncertainty with the league and maybe these guys not having their normal routine and preparation and going into a season, uh, maybe he just needs a couple of weeks or maybe a, cu- a few players on the team need a couple of yeah. weeks for the market to correct itself um, and for things to fall back into place of where they should be. So uh, I agree. I think they've been disappointing and he specifically has been disappointing. Um, but I'm willing to give it a couple of weeks to see if, if things can get back on track just because of the COVID situation. Why don't we why don't we talk Bruins? We we kind of had a little bit of uh, pre show yeah, yeah. pre show talk on it, um, but the Bruins have looked pretty impressive. I think Tuka Rask has been playing well. They're um, I think second or third in their division right now. They only have one regulation loss. They've surprised me. Like I think I don't know. I didn't think that they'd be this good, especially without Pasternak. I thought they'd fall behind and then Pasta would come back and they might be able to put on a late season surge into a playoff spot. Um, but it seems like the, they look good. Their system is proving that it's bigger than just one player, and they even lost a couple other guys in terms of Krug and Chara, and they keep chugging along, so good for them. Yeah. I think I think one team that I really like, I mean, it kind of sucks to say because I hate this team, but for Washington, out of the six games they played, I think four of them have been on the road, and obviously now with like those four key players missing, they've gotten points in all six games. They won three, and the three they lost, they got at least one point in of them. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I, that that's pretty impressive to start off the season. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with Boston, like, they can roll out all four lines, and like they can hold their own, right? Like yeah. even when they have their fourth line on, they don't really have to worry about um, the other team coming back with their first line because they're pretty responsible defensively, um, and they can also keep the puck in the uh, opposing team's end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 also have one of the best goalies in the game and, and a good coach in Bruce Cassidy. So, like, I mean, obviously, I'd, it, say, I'd say better, ta- like, one of the better tandems because Yaroslav Halak gets a lot of starts true. too. Yeah. And it's like when you don't have that luxury of when you start your backup goaltender, you always think, okay, well, let's try and at least just get one point. But no matter, it doesn't seem like whatever goalie they start, they have a chance to get the full two points, which <laughs> is a big luxury that they do have. Matt, uh, you. You uh, infamously went on on the Penguins rant last last episode. Are you ready to? Are things trending back in the right direction for the Pens? Have they answered your prayers? <laughs> I, don't, how they, I don't think they lost a game yet. No, or since then. No, yeah, they're uh, they're on a four it's game worked. winning streak. To be honest, they're still not playing their best hockey or the hockey that they're capable of. Um, the first game against the Rangers last Friday, they could have easily lost if it wasn't for Tristan Jari. Uh, keeping them in the third period, they don't win that game. He heard you, um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm happy Sullivan heard me too. Starting them, yeah, um, but they they haven't put together a full 60 minute game. I'm still concerned about Malkin. He's still looking slow out there. Yeah, he looks like a milk bag out there, man. <laughs> um, they 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 got to stop giving a uh, two goal leads to the other team and playing comeback. Good on them that they're finding ways to win and coming back from those deficits, but. That's not you're not going to be able to do that on a consistent basis. And their D is um, banged up, right? Yeah, like I was just going to say, like defensively, I'm still having issues with Latang and Dumoulin. Um, they're missing three of their bottom six guys, 
So that means guys that were playing in Wilkes-Barre last year are jumping into the lineup. Although uh, Pierre-Olivier Joseph does look like he belongs in the NHL, young, fast, mobile defenseman. But let's see how the bottom three uh, hold up because their top three defensemen aren't playing like top three defensemen either. So still some question marks, but let's see if uh, they start to turn it hold around Hold on here. tight there. Just hold on tight. Okay, we can't leave hockey, though, without talking about the Leafs. Five and two, off to a good start. Another big win in Calgary. Shout out to Wayne Simmons for getting his uh, first goal as the Leaf. That was huge. Yeah. No, they're going to miss Thornton, though. uh, It looks like tonight, though, finally, they're going to have the trio back together in Hyman, uh, Matthews, and Marner. So the one thing when I did see that – uh, Thornton was going to be out for three, four weeks at least. I was like, hey, I hope this results in at least Hyman getting back up to the top line and staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Hyman there, they, they have a chance to be the best line in hockey. Uh, they have like a little bit of everything. And I didn't think Thornton, he didn't do as much as Hyman does for that for the other two more specifically in terms of getting loose pucks and his relentless effort. Uh, so let's hope he starts there tonight and sticks. Yeah, I think I think it's a good opportunity for us to all see how valuable Thornton truly is to the team as well. If they can keep things together, and if let's say they're they're rolling without him, then maybe we question how his value to the team. But um, it's a good opportunity, I guess, with him out to see how things shake out. I think one player that I've been pretty impressed with, and Justin Hall has been, I think, your best defenseman in Toronto right now. He's matched yeah. up usually against the top, uh, the, the opposing team's top line. Um, for me, he's been fantastic with shutting them down and even chipping in offensively. No, he shut down McDavid twice. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think Riley had been particularly good the, over the past week. Brody seems pretty steady, uh, but Justin Hall sat 71 games under Babcock. So when they had guys like CC and God knows who else playing Zaitsev. <laughs> so I'm glad he's finally getting his chance. But again, last year, I thought he started off fantastic too, and he just tailed off. It just kept getting worse and worse. So let's hope this year yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't end the same way. All right, folks, it's time for the last name showdown where two local illiterate residents here, Luca D'Alessio and Michael Campanolo, take place in an old-fashioned last name showdown where Peo and I will be picking last names in the world of sports. Um, that tend to be a little bit harder to pronounce, and our friends Luca and Mikey will try and pronounce them. Sorry, Luke, you should just say beat down because I'm ready to beat down Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess on that point, Luca is up two. Um, he's won two rounds, and Mikey has won one round. So, Luca, I wouldn't say beat down is the right word. It has, it has been close in most of the rounds as well. So Sorry, we'll see. I had an espresso. I'm fired up right now. <laughs> that might work against you, I have a feeling. Um, so it, since we're doing it virtual, what we'll do is we'll have whoever is not saying the last name will take their headphones and look away from the screen, and then I'll share my screen uh, with the name spelled out. So, Luca, since you won the last round, who's going to be starting? Uh, I'll t- I'll give it to Mikey. All right, you ready, Mikey? Yep. First name. Manu Ginobili. Wow, an easy start, and he gets it right away. All right, Luca, welcome back. First name. Manu Ginobili. Ooh, it's coming down to the first name. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I don't really know if it's Manu or Manu. I think Manu. Manu. 
Where's the O? I, I think that is the the correct like Spanish pronunciation though. Okay, okay ready? Yeah. Let's yeah, go. Luca. Let's go. Alright. Second name. I'm sharing my screen right now. Oh fuck me. <laughs> Dude, those dots are fucking me. <laughs> Kimi Rakunen. <laughs> Did the, did the dots make you just like throw a random accent in there? Yeah, totally. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> All right, Mikey's putting his headphones in. Mikey. Kimmy Raikkonen. Yeah, that's right. That's Can't, Mikey. Mikey gets a point, so nope. we're all tied up at no one. No hesitation from him either. <laughs> yeah. I'm, pro- I'm, on, I'm on my game tonight. Soccer player. Plays for Croatia and AC Milan. Mario Mandzukic. Not Close, bad, not, not bad. bad. Mario Mon... Wait, wait. <laughs> Mario Ma... <laughs> third, time, third time's a charm. Monzujic. <laughs> <laughs> We're Mario giving that one to Cam's. Is Mario Manzukic. I shout out, I shout out Matt's that? hair. First of all, you had a seizure three times before you could get a, <laughs> yeah. a last name out. That's true. What, so, what's the score here? So two points, Mikey, one point, Luca. I'm back, kid. I have no faith in you in this one, though. You're really screwing me up with the uh, accents and the uh, dots everywhere. All right, a hockey player for the Minnesota Wilds. Nick Buchstand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, no. me bring, let me bring oh Mikey back. God. Nick Bukestad. Oh, Mikey's on fire yeah, today. Wow. I know. <laughs> he knew it because of hockey. <laughs> I got to play NHL or something. That's the victory right there. That's three for Mikey, and that is the victory. Thank you, God. Victory! On Sunday, we just finished up our divisional championship. We had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning against the Green Bay Packers and the Chiefs for winning against the Bills. This is our last NFL Sunday until the Super Bowl. So what, we have another two sun- one Sunday to go, and then we'll have the Super Bowl. What do you guys think about the uh, recap of the divisional games? What was your biggest before, surprises? Before we get started, Peo, are we okay to talk about football, or is do we want to talk about a real sport? <laughs> Peo's a big hockey guy, apparently. So, <laughs> For those of that you, you that don't know, Peo had a, a couple of drinks in him on Sunday, and I think he was a little disappointed in some of the results. Um, and, and threw some chirps in that we should all be watching hockey instead of football because it's a Canadian sport. So, just uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch the second half of the Buffalo game. I was watching the Pittsburgh game. <laughs> there wasn't much to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, put, I put on Xbox after like the uh, <laughs> second quarter. I was like, this is this is over. Wasn't yeah, really those those games. The games surprised me. Um, I think they surprised all of us considering we were all over two, with the exception of Lucas Tampa pick. That's right, Aaron. Um, yeah, Luke, I think. I, I think you owe an apology to Mr. Tom Brady. Me? Do I though? Oh, Luke. Oh, no, Luke. Let, yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Let, let's let's do an activity. Why don't we all go around? Do why don't we all go around and let's give Tom Brady a a, gr- a grade report A, B, C, or D on how he played on Sunday. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. You start. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Just yeah. All right. Go ahead, pass. Luca. I'm gonna go with B plus. Okay. And what's your explanation? Well, just because a he won the game first first half he played well. You don't score that touchdown on the last couple of seconds. I think that was all Brady. So I'm going to give him a B plus just because, yes, sure, he fell through 
in the second half. It could have been an A minus since he fell through B plus because he hey he beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. Got to give kudos to him. So B plus. Interesting. All right, Mikey, what do you, what do you give him? Uh, my initial thought was B plus, but I'm gonna go with B. Uh, I thought he had a near perfect half. He played well. He played like at an A level. Uh, second half, he made some mistakes. He almost cost his team the game. But I thought when he needed to make the big throws, he did. Sure, he got a little bit of luck with the the penalties and that sort of thing. But like Lucas said, to go in and beat Aaron Rodgers, uh, you have to. I think you have to give at least a B to any quarterback that does that. But yeah, okay. Dale, go ahead. I, no, I, I I agree with both of them. I, I'll probably say a B as well. By no means, I don't think he was the the reason. He didn't carry them to a victory by any means. But as Mikey said, he did enough to get the victory. Um, yeah, he threw what was a three interceptions in the in second half, Mister Clutch. I I'd make the argument that he had a better game than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers really? had more pass. Aaron Rodgers had more passing yards. But yeah, I mean, I I, I just think when it came to the clutch moments and the opportunities to win that game, Rodgers fell flat. He had off those interceptions. How many points did Rodgers get off of them? Nothing. Yep. At the end of the game, everyone's giving Matt Lafleur shit for not going for it, and rightfully so. I think they they should have gone for it on fourth downs, not kick the field goal. Aaron Rodgers can walk in for a touchdown there, or yes. at the very least, he gets yeah. stopped at the two yard line. That's poor decision making, in my opinion. So do you, you? So you didn't think the the two holding calls were holding? You can call holding on a lot of Yeah, there was questionable calls too, on right? both like, sides. They went both sides. But but those seem to be pretty blatant holding calls to the person that was the the supposed to be the receiver of the pass, right? Like So is your argument that Tom Brady like always gets the benefit of the doubt from the refs? That's, that's why he's No, no, I, no, I'm I'm that was more to my point to you about Rodgers, right? Like your point was he didn't do much with those opportunities, but I think he had some disadvantage disadvantageous calls against him within those moments i do think that he should have got in he should have ran for that touchdown um but to me there is there was a couple questionable calls that that didn't happen that prohibited from from him shining in those moments but i don't think you can necessarily say brady outshined him in those clutch moments because brady in the second half threw three interceptions right so i, th- I think what like, would be your your grade my my grade would be a b minus or c plus oh um, that's surprising i thought you were gonna go like d no like I, like like you guys said, he had a good first half. They put up 21 points, 14 of those points, or sorry, the seven of those points at the end of the half maybe shouldn't have happened. Once again, like a questionable call, but give him the benefit of the doubt, he still made the play. Yeah. So he had a really good first half. But to me, it's like what everybody makes Tom Brady out to be and what everyone sees him to be is this clutch performer. And he put his, his team in a position to lose the game. Like what? What bugs me about the the Brady talk? Like go the the goat conversation is a separate conversation. Like let's talk about this game and focus on the game. But what bugs me is this: if there's any other quarterback that does this in a game, the entire talk leading into the Super Bowl is 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 this person capable of winning a Super Bowl or is this team capable of winning a Super Bowl with this quarterback? Because if Jared Goff did that, if Ben Roethlisberger did that, um, if Jimmy Garoppolo threw three interceptions, almost costing their team the game when they're dominating for the entire first half, the whole conversation is, is this player holding them back? But instead on social media, the whole week is like, oh, Brady's a goat. He beat him. He has more championships than Aaron Rodgers. But there's a major difference. There's a major difference between those quarterbacks and Brady. Brady has now 10 Super Bowl appearances. 
but if you're objectively looking at the game and the season, right? No, like what 100%. what 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 does his but history have to do with? I think the media coming. I think the media is coming off based off of his history. Like if you're comparing Brady uh, year three, year four, like Goff, then sure it's it's warranted. But he has this huge resume behind him, and the fact that yeah, sure we don't want, we don't want to bring in history, but they're using his history. When they're arguing, oh, it, you know, Brady, Brady deserves this win, or he's carrying the team. It's just, no, but, I think it's based off the history, as well as. His but but to me, that's what's exactly what's unfair. It's like, why are you judging a guy's? Why are you saying because of his history, it's the reason why their team won the game? Yeah. Switching gears quickly, who do you think the, the bigger disappointment was on the weekend? Was it Buffalo or was it Green Bay to you guys? I think it was Green Bay was the bigger disappointment. Yeah. Not, a, I, I don't think a lot of people had. Like the, there were some people saying Buffalo was going to knock off KC, but I think the the bigger surprise was Green Bay not winning for me, anyways. I agree. Yeah, you could say I that. I was disappointed in Buffalo. Yeah, maybe the way they, they played. They like they, it wasn't never Allen, yeah. didn't, Allen didn't really play well to me. Like when I was looking at had a couple of plays, I don't know. He wasn't really impressive like he was. And a like weeks you, ago. you think you're going to go into Kansas City and kick field goals? Yeah, no. no. And win that game? Yeah, like you got to play a near perfect game to beat KC, and like kicking field goals is when you're in the red zone and you're like fourth and two on the three yard line. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, no. yeah, I was disappointed in them. They're and their defense disappointed. They're, to me, they're a bigger disappointment than Green Bay. Green Bay could have easily won that game, and uh, to me, Buffalo had no chance. Yeah, to me, it's kind of equal because I thought Green Bay was gonna blow out Tampa and they lost and then I thought Buffalo was going to win and Kansas yeah. City blew them out so it's like on the same scale but I agree with you Mike I thought it was super disappointing but I think the good news here is that Josh Allen is still super young to me this is like a learning opportunity for him oh I thought late in the game when they were down he forced a lot of throws and made some poor decisions and kind of reverted back to himself maybe one year ago but I think these types of moments like we talked about in the past, preparing Tua for these types of moments and giving him experience in these playoff environments. I think this is going to do a lot for, for Josh Allen and his confidence moving forward. I mean, I think that the Bills come back with a little bit of more fire in their bellies for next season, and hopefully they can put together another great season. If you're a Buffalo fan, it kind of reminds me of the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady rivalry that they had, yeah. where it took uh, Manning quite a few times to get past that hurdle and finally get over the hump of beating Brady in the playoffs and finally making it to the Super Bowl. If you're Josh Allen, uh, if you're a fan of Josh Allen and the Bills, you're excited, but you're still going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes at some point. And as you and Mikey said, they, they didn't really show they're at that level just yet. Yeah, no, that's a good point in comparison. I think the, the marketing people at the NFL are sitting there and hoping that there's a lot more of those matchups to come that could live up to the expectation yeah. and the hype that that Brady and Manning and, and Roethlisberger showed us for, for years. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about Rogers' comments after the game? I, I hated them. Yeah. Why, for once, can it's you not an be an arrogant, arrogant prick and yeah. just say, like, yeah. hey, you know, A, I want to be here next year, like what he said with who knows my, you know, my future is uncertain, so, you know, so is everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And then he can't even back up his coach. Like, after all the things that his coach done for and all the, the great year they had, he couldn't have said, like, oh, you know, it didn't work out for us, but um, we're always behind Matt LaFleur and blah, blah, blah. Like, he always finds a way He's to always be. always a sore, yeah, it sounds like a sore loser. For me, the first thing never the first thing I thought of was his his whole family situation and like in times of turmoil, if this is how he acts and behaves, like maybe yeah. maybe 
putting the pieces together. It kind of makes yeah, sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Rogers is going anywhere though. Like it's. No. Getting back to maybe one quarterback that will move on this off season is Matthew Stafford. And he's, what do you guys think for landing spots for him? It's I'm tough. hoping your, he comes to the Colts. <laughs> would you have? Um, would you have him or Wentz? I, uh, I'd rather have Stafford. Good, yeah, I'd probably have rather have Stafford yeah, as just, well. Yeah. Um, More proven. I think they're saying. I think what like the top three destinations. I think they're saying is Colts, Jets, and Denver. If I'm not mistaken, maybe a fourth San Fran. If you're if you're looking for it, like Colts are obviously in a win now mode. Um, I think Matthew Stafford, like for the most part, he doesn't really get the recognition across the league just because he's been part of like a pretty poor organization. Uh, but in terms of like talent wise, like the guy can sling the ball. Um, he's pretty mobile too. If need to, he'll run for a first down. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd like to see him on the Colts for sure. The only downfall is his decision making. Sometimes he just throws these stupid interceptions. He has that that Romo. Yeah. Uh, what what I what I don't love about Matthew Stafford, I agree with you guys. Like I think he has a lot of talent. Um, what I don't really love is that he kind of gets a free pass from the entire league. Like everyone, anytime you look on in the media, he's he gets the free pass. Like oh, he's part of the bad organization, or he hasn't had the team or the talent around him. When like we just talked about Aaron Rodgers not getting a pass. Like at some point you got to win. Quarterback's the most important. Um, position in the league um he hasn't done anything right so i i'm not willing to rule him out yet but i i think it's kind of unfair that he gets a free pass when a lot of other guys in the league don't so i think next year wherever he does end up is going to be kind of like a make or make or break it for his legacy because if he goes into a team um that has potential and he doesn't make an impact or things don't change then to me that conversation ends right um but having said that yeah like if you're looking at potential destinations i i if i'm the colts i'm i'm looking at them and it's a done deal if what do you what are you willing to pay for him they say at first are you say what's you're in indianapolis what are you saying yes or no he's 32 years old he signed under two more years i think his cap it's like low 20s which is good mm-hmm. i would say for a quarterback of his stature it's a team-friendly deal I'd probably do it for a first. I think they have the 21st yeah. overall. Yeah. Um, I'm probably do, like, they're in win now mode, right? I think mm-hmm. they have a lot of pieces that are in place um, that they're, that quarterback's their biggest question mark. Um, and really, like, we're all, like, unless you can get another alternative, which not that big of a difference in terms of talent wise between Stafford, then maybe not. But um, I, I'd do it. I, I'd give a first for him. I think I would as well. The only thing that concerns me is. Um, the wide receiver position. Um, so, it, I mean, like, not to say that you're going to get a stud wide receiver in the first round um, as a rookie and he's going to prove himself, um, but I do think they, they do need to to make a move at the wide receiver position if they're going to give up a first for a guy like Matthew Stafford. Well, I think it depends. Like, if we were, if Colts are able to re-sign T.Y. Hilton, then that solidifies, like, he came to life at the second half of the season. Michael Pittman looks like he's an up and rising star. Um, plus, they have cap space too. If they need to go make another signing or a trade, they should have some flexibility to do mm-hmm. it. I think I think Ty Hilton's a really good receiver. But if you look at the team, the four teams that just played uh, this past weekend, sure. they all yeah. they all yeah. have a stud, yeah. right? Like Colts don't yeah. have a receiver one, in my opinion. Yeah, they they have no one in the even close to the tier of the Stefan Diggs or the. Um, uh, Devontae Adams of the world, Adams, yeah. yeah. Like I, th- yeah. I think you need but to like get Pills. a stud. 
Maybe they move on from Hilton. They go get an Allen Robinson yeah. or Kenny Galladay. Yeah. You know, him and yeah. Stafford have already proven. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see. They've got the right. cap space. Stay tuned next week where the bench picks their Super Bowl picks for the matchup of Kansas City and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh. All right, boys. Let's ha- head out to our two-minute drill. I'll mention some hot sport topics of the week, and the bench will fire off their thoughts about it. You ready, boys? You ready to roll? Ready. Two minutes. Let's go. All right. Put it on the clock. We're going to start off in five, four, three, two, one. Favorite Colby memory? Dropping 81 against Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) I think mine was the 2010 finals against the Celtics, game seven. I remember watching my parents' basement just back and forth the entire game. See him get that first title without Shaq, too. For me, it was him tearing his Achilles and coming back onto the court and shooting those free throws. I think it epitomizes the the Mamba mentality and sent a good message to kids in terms of toughness. Mamba forever. The McGregor fight, is he must-see on pay-per-view? No, he's not. I'd rather see him at WrestleMania than another UFC fight. I think that was an embarrassing fight. I, I won't be giving McGregor another dime of my money. Yeah, no, I think he still is. I was impressed with him after the fight. I thought he showed a lot of class. Uh, I think he said it best. It's hard to get be out of that game for so long and then come back in. Uh, I still want to see him fight. I would love to see him in an arrogant mode. Him being humble is kind of weird. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, our next topic here is Pro Bowl. Should it be removed entirely? Yeah, who cares about it? Like, no one really cares about watching that game. It's it's uh, recess football at best in elementary school. So I don't I don't think there's a need for it. I think you still got to vote for the game. I really like the whole uh, skill competition style games. I think they could really blow that out and have something there where people are actually going to come in and compete. Football is just not a game that can be played half fast, and that's what they do at the Pro Bowl, and it's terrible to watch. Is Barry Bonds a Hall of Famer? I'd, I'd put him in. To me, the question is, where do you draw the line? If you're not going to go in and take away the Astros championship, I don't think you can come in and say that Barry Bonds is in a Hall of Famer because where do you draw the line in terms of cheating? I think he's a Hall of Famer too. He's not. He wouldn't be the first to be inducted with PEDs. I'm sure there's a few of them in there. Yeah, I go back and forth on this one a lot, uh, but I usually on the side of let him in. Um, I do think the owners or the voters are playing with him a little bit, and they'll wait till his last year of eligibility, and that will be sort of his punishment. They're playing him, and I like to see that. All right, boys, well done. Two minutes is up, and that's our. End of the two-minute drill. Let's uh, let's talk some baseball. I know we haven't really talked about baseball in, in our podcast here, but uh, the Blue Jays are making some big-ass moves. So uh, the bench, what do you guys think about the Springer trade? I'm pumped. And I, I thought they were going to get Mike, Michael Brantley too. I don't know how that deal fell through, but at the end of the day i think springer brings a ton to the jays i love how feisty they've been in free agency and i'm, I'm pumped for the season to start and i haven't said that in a couple of years yeah, yeah. no it's he was one of the biggest fish out there uh so and that center field what i think was a hole that they didn't have a young position player to to fill uh did they give him an extra year probably and an extra 25 30 million more than they should have yeah but that's just the game of free agency Especially when you're a team like Toronto and not a huge baseball market, you're gonna have to overpay. Uh, but at least they did it on a, like you know an all star. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, this guy's a proven he's a proven winner. He's won. Um, you know he's no it's not just a one year thing. And let's see what he can do after that. He's done it multiple years. Uh, they also signed just before he started. They signed Simonon. Yeah. Uh, Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. Infielder. 
Yeah, an infielder. So that's uh, that's an interesting move. I didn't. They gave him eighteen million for one year. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Plays for the A's, right? Yeah, Marcus Cinnamon. They. Um, if I'm pronouncing that right. To me, with with baseball, just because there's no salary cap. To me, as long as the team is willing to pay, like I, I really don't give a crap. Like in in terms of Springer's deal, like everyone's mm-hmm. like singing about how expensive the deal was. Um, but apparently the deal is front loaded, which is good. So in the back half of his of of the contract, when he's a little bit older, it's not as much of a hit. Um, and if our owners, for once, are willing to spend some money because they think they have the young core around them to to do that, then by all means, like I, I don't give a crap the amount that they paid. Um, but I think that for me, the one missing gap that I would like to see a signing is starting p- pitching. If they can find gonna... if they could find a way to get Bauer, I think that. I, I don't know. I don't really want. I don't know about Bauer. Really, he he's had a radar. He's had a couple of good years, but I, I'd be scared to give him like twenty five, thirty million. What I would like to see them do is make a trade, use some of the prospects that they have, and go get like like the San Diego True. did. They got you Darvish and Blake Schnell, some guys with some control, reasonable contracts. I think they have been. I think they should have enough prospects to do a move like that. Um. But Peo, sorry, I was I cut you off there. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. I, w- I was just gonna say like, I was gonna ask you guys the question because um, it seems like what I've heard like pitching is really what they're lacking right now. So, do you think if they don't get a starting pitcher, they can contend with the Yankees and Tampa in the division? I, I don't think so. Right now, they have uh, it would be basically Ryu. Ryu, Nate Pearson, huge question mark, tons of potential, but huge question mark. Robbie Ray, who's a reclamation project at best. Um, then like guys like Thornton, uh, Tanner Roach. Uh, there's one uh, Tyler Chatwood. Like all those guys have proven they're barely even starters in this league. Um, mm. Yeah, like they need they need to add at least they, they sh- if they really want to contend. I think they need to add two. Yeah, a middle of the rotation guy and another four or five. Yeah, especially for playoffs. Like your your offense can only take you so far and. Maybe it squeezes them into a playoff spot, but you're not going anywhere in the playoffs without starting pitching. Well, we all know Mikey has a little bit of a temper, so the people want to know, Mike, what's pissing you off? This week I'm going to go to hockey, and it's when a team is on a penalty kill and a defender breaks a stick. And for some reason, they are so hard-headed and they will not go to the bench and get another stick instead they become a pylon out there i don't understand and i can't believe it's lasted this long that i know you're going to go into a five on three for but what you add with no stick is virtually nothing and especially when your bench is close which is usually because that happens in the first and the third period the stick is literally hanging off the side and it's like less than 15 seconds it's a five second play either get a new guy on or go get a new stick because i'm sick and tired of seeing the five on four and one guy has no stick and they're just passing it around him like a pylon. St. Louis started doing it a couple years ago and I'm surprised it didn't take off. I want to see the teams go and just go get a new stick or exchange a player. It hasn't burned the Leafs this year, but it's going to and that's what's really going to piss me off. All right, boys, let's switch it up with uh, some basketball talk. Luke, I know the Raptors are heating up. Well, what, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Mikey's trembling in the corner over here his bet's probably uh it's a losing man right now no they're they're looking good they um 
Luca, I think I was texting you. I'll be happy if I'd be happy if they split games with against a good Indiana team, which they did. Um, I think unfortunately they should have won that that second game against Indiana and fell short uh, without Pascal Siakam. But I think the last few weeks, like even in some of the losses before the streak started, they've been playing good basketball. And to me, the most promising sign um, is that the players around their their stars are starting to come alive. Norm Powell is looking fantastic. OG Ananobi, I feel like, doesn't miss a three-point shot. Plays amazing on the defensive side of the ball. Fred Van Vliet is super feisty as a defender, giving the team so much energy. Um, so all of the, the players that are supposed to be doing things going into the season are playing very well. And then on top of that, you have guys stepping up that we didn't expect to step up like a guy like Stanley Johnson who completely shot Luka Doncic down uh, a week or so ago um, so things are, are looking positive for the team I was I was actually worried about this stretch I know Mike even made a joke when after we made the bet when we looked at the schedule ahead and and how tough it was um, they've got a real test with Milwaukee coming up um, but I think things are, are trending in the positive direction for the team um, but I, I do think, like at the end of the day, the bet is probably going to come down to the wire. Um, I don't they're think gonna, they just got to keep playing Miami with <laughs> no half a roster. Yeah. <laughs> My, Miami's a good team, though. Even even without, they're a hell of impressive man. Yeah. I watched them last night against Brooklyn. Yeah, man. And again, they had nobody. That Bam Adebayo. He's he's he's, the, he's the best center in the league. Yeah, like Maybe. whole hell of impressive. I was impressed with the Heat, and I was I didn't not to very away from the raptors but <laughs> no, brooklyn didn't impress me at all it. until the last like t- two minutes they turned it on yeah but the heat are they're an impressive team and that was without i think they don't get enough respect in the eastern conference eric spolstra is a phenomenal coach um and he's playing the system to what they have like they have a lot of really good shooters like that nun guy went lights out against the raptors i don't think he missed a shot from the th- from three-point land um when they played um, so he he has his team coming to play every single night, which is what you don't see a lot, especially in this league where it's, a lot of guys are resting, etc. Um, but without two of their best players and, and Tyler Hero and and Jimmy Butler, he's got his team coming to play and they're winning games, which is impressive. Yeah, but like you said, Luke, I think it's going to come down right down to the end. Yeah. Uh, like if I had to, I think they're going to be in and around right around that 39-40 win mark. Um. Yeah, it's going to come down to a couple games if they can get it done. Mm-hmm. I would actually say that we've given guys like Pascal uh, a lot of flack because of he's not putting up 30 points a game and he's not the star. Um, but I think we're kind of starting to come to know what Raptors basketball is, and I actually think it is similar to the way Miami plays and playing like a true team basketball game um, where you don't necessarily have one guy going off every single night. Um, you may have a guy like OG dropping 30 every once in a while, but I think they tr- play a true team style of basketball, especially on the defensive side of the, the floor when they when they shut down Indiana, playing really good team defense. Uh, I think that's more of the Raptors style of basketball, and I think we have to start to accept that and become comfortable with it. Um, not to say that certain players like Pascal shouldn't step up, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm really liking the way that they play. Yeah, they, and they have to play that way. Yeah. Like you know, they don't have the superstars yeah. that some of the other teams go. And when they're when they're on their game, they're very similar to Miami. Like four or five people touch the ball. Mm-hmm. There's good. There's you know, like they're on the offensive side of the ball. They're waiting for the best shot. On defensive ball, they're all rotating perfectly. Like uh, they play well yeah, as like a they, team. Yeah, yeah like they have to. They have no yeah. choice. Like, Nick Nurse gets them ready. 
Yeah, like, and I like to see, like, as much as it pains me to say, like, it, but, like, I do like seeing that. Um, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it sort of, like, reminds me of the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like seeing that kind of team win over a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who has just, like, three superstars and a bunch of nobodies. And, like, yeah. it was even watching Brooklyn last night. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A lot but of the yeah, shots, not, like, it's the two guys right touch now. the ball, and it ends up being, like, a Harden or a Durant three or, like, one shot. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, just their skill that's, like, taking them. And when they're off, they were off last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that's they, a, they that's did look like shit. Good good segue, like, to the Nets. What do you, what do you guys think of them so far? Um, what do you think of Harden, how he's been playing, Kyrie, how he's been adjusting? It's funny. Harden, every time you see his warm-ups, he's either one day he's skinny, the other the next day he's chubby. I don't understand what the hell's going on there. I think it's I so think funny. he wears a, a brace during warm-ups, though. But like, at least address the media. Be like, yo, I'm not fat. This is like a brace, but it's it's funny. I don't even know I, what the hell's going on there. I think he kind of likes that people yeah. are talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. It looks like he's starting to adjust and and become a little bit more of a, a role player, which is an, a little unusual, and I didn't see him uh, becoming that. But it's it's kind of good to see and promising if you're Brooklyn and you're Steve Nash, him accepting that. Um, like he against the their first game against Miami on the back to back, he only scored 12 points, which he hasn't done in a very long time, right? Um, and he seemed okay with it. And then even the the second game, I think he only had. Um, 20 points and Duran only had 20 points but um, I feel like those guys have something to prove right now and they're okay playing that role Um, or at least that's what it's looking like as of now Um, so I think if you're a Nets fan that's encouraging because they're going to have to start accepting that um, if they're going to win a championship yeah I think like the the big narrative on James Harden when he was in Houston coming into Brooklyn was um, is he going to be able to buy into the system and give up shots um, and kind of play more of a team game. The games that I've watched them in, like we knew him as like this great scorer, but I didn't realize how well he can move the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like his decision-making, finding the open man um, and kind of opening up the court, I was really impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they haven't been playing the greatest, like when they've all three of them have been in the lineup, they lost twice to Cleveland and barely beat Miami the other day. But um, it's a small sample size. I, I think they will turn yeah. it around. Like there, there's too much talent not to. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie Irving, I, anytime he like, it seems like he's getting 30 points every single game. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm in like they have all the tools they need. Maybe their depth isn't the greatest, but I don't see why they don't make the NBA Finals. Like they they should at least make the NBA Finals. Yeah, be, it would be disappointing if they don't for sure. That's something good to have is when like Harden has a bad night, you can focus on Irvin and he can you know put thirty points up. Or if Duran is having a bad night, Harden can you know score the thirty points. So it's definitely great to have those star three star players out mm-hmm. there. What one name like you're not hearing like even like when we kind of talked about MVP like who's gonna win MVP whether it was us or even mainstream media, one guy that was always not really talked about as much was LeBron James. Yeah. You, you can make the case that LeBron James can win another MVP this season. Yeah. And he just put up, what, 43 against Cleveland last night? Yeah. Uh, Lakers are 14-4, and four, if I'm not mistaken, tied in first with the Clippers. Like LeBron's just quietly going about his business, and he's played in all of the games this season too. I, I guess in that same conversation, another guy we didn't talk about that has his team really rolling right now, and he's putting up over 27 points a game, is Donovan Mitchell in Utah. 
The, U- mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz are on an eight-game win streak right now um, and top four in the conference. So I, I think they're That's a team. surprising. Yeah, like I think everyone expected them to, to be a, a top five, yeah. six team. Uh, but they're absolutely rolling right now, and Donovan Mitchell is playing MVP-type basketball. So I think that's a really good story. i kind of seen this question being talked about. I'll, I'll pose it to you guys. Um, who would you guys think is under more pressure to knock off the Lakers and win the title this year? Would you say it's Durant and the Brooklyn Nets? Or could you make the case for the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard? For me, it's the Clippers, for sure, especially after the disaster in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah, that's such a good question, Pale. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the the Nets might get a pass for this year because oh, first first year together yeah. or whatever, all that jazz. Kind of what we talked about with Tom Brady. Um, so they might get more of a pass in the Clippers. But I think if the Clippers are a failure in the playoffs, then like maybe there's we question whether that team stays together. Yeah, no, I agree with Luke. You took like all the words out of my mouth in terms of the Nets getting the first first year pass. And yeah, I think if the Clippers don't do it again this year, they're gonna have to start questioning. They need to change something. I think if they don't do it again, mm-hmm. and I think it's that their su- their superstars aren't good enough. Yeah. Kawhi's there; he's on that level, but Paul George is not. Just, yeah. he's just not on the LeBron James AD level. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the way that the Clippers went about it too, like how they poached them away from Toronto, all the demands that Kawhi made and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I love Kawhi, but. Yeah, karma's a- game, blow, blowing the game seven. He disappeared in that game, not only offensively but defensively as well. Coming in, they were advertising him as the new king of LA, like yeah, right in LeBron's he, face, yeah. saying no to the Lakers to join the Clippers. Yeah, it's billboards um, everywhere. Yeah, like I, I think that I think there's a uh, tremendous amount of pressure on Kawhi to deliver this year, and if he doesn't, who knows? Maybe he leaves LA. And, he had a pretty good situation in Toronto. Maybe he wants to go back to that. <laughs> we say the most surprising team in the league, the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah. And I think so. Yeah, they're finally not an embarrassment of the league. Yeah, the Knicks, um, I mean, to me, like the, all that success is coming from two things. Like, number one, Tom Thibodeau is a really good coach, um, and he has him playing hard every single night. Um, similar to, to Spolstra. And then number two is Julius Randle is becoming the player that everyone thought he was going to be in LA when they drafted him. Uh, he's playing really, really good basketball. He's averaging over 22 points a game. They are getting offense from, from other parts as well. But to me, he's like the pivotal uh, player for that organization. Um, and I think it's good for the Knicks. That, like, although this year I, they're not going to make any noise, let's be honest. Um, yeah. But it's good for their, their hopes uh, when it comes down to free agency uh, or making trades because I think a lot of players are going to look at the team and like w- the things that they've done this year, although it's still early, um, and say like, oh, maybe that is a team that can can turn it around in the next two years. Um, and it's the New York Knicks, and imagine playing at Madison Square Garden every night yeah. on, on a. I think every player New- could would want to go and play yeah. for M- you know MSG. Yeah. No, but big, def- big surprise. Yeah, they're definitely heading in the right direction. I think I agree with you, Luke, that they're not going to make any noise. You know, they're. Pre- probably won't even make the playoffs but they're definitely heading in the right direction for sure all right well that wraps up episode eight boys can't believe we've made it this far but to those of you who have been with us along the way i want to give a special shout out to adam campanolo and adam ionico we got the two adams this week and then a very special shout out to the legend kobe Bryant. it's been one year to this day since he's passed away we all respect you. you've done so much for the game so rest in peace kobe and gianna we'll see you next week for episode nine 
And next week, it's not going to just be us four. <laughs> A little friendly reminder there. Friendly reminder, special guest coming in. 